Sean here. This episode is going to be studying one figure who is very important in two different traditions. That said, if you're new to the channel, this is a good time to remind you that these videos are not making any claim of truth of any one tradition or story over any other. We're here to study the symbols behind this figure and what exactly has made her so important in these two traditions, why that carries on through today. I hope you'll stick around to the end. Enjoy. In the year 432, all the flames in Ireland had gone dark. The gathering of the Irish nobles and druid priests on the hill of Tara under High King Logar MacNeil was lit only by the stars above in the clear night sky. A fact that was especially important to the druids, who found intense meaning from the stars. They were gathered for the ancient festival of Beltane, a ritual in which the druid priests and priestesses would light the High King's torch from which every flame throughout the island would be lit, demonstrating Ireland's dependence on its king and the king's dependence on its people's gods. It came as a shock then, when miles to the northeast, atop the hill of Slain, a different fire was lit. The bright flame, lit by the Christian missionary St. Patrick for Easter, made a dramatic display in the center of the rising Cygnus constellation. On that night, Cygnus would rise above Faugart, an ancient site best known for a holy well whose waters were sacred to the Celtic goddess Brigid. The constellation would then pass directly above the Hill of Slain, where Patrick had lit his Easter flame, before the enraged King Logar would see it pass directly overhead. Before Cygnus, also known as the Northern Cross, would set that night, it would pass over the site that would become known as Kildare, given that name by another woman, also named Brigid. In time, Kildare would come to be one of the most important spiritual sites in Ireland. Today, Christians will make devotions to the woman, known as St. Brigid of Kildare, using symbols that were used to worship the goddess Brigid over 1,000 years ago. To discover the connections between these two women of legend, and why it is they are both so highly revered today, one must examine the stories and symbols related to each Brigid. Understanding the stories of Brigid, as both goddess and saint, will lead to a clearer image of Ireland's diverse traditions and the unexpected harmonies between them. My name is Sean. Welcome to Mythos and Logos. The name of Brigid has been found in Ireland from its earliest history, though she's also often known as Bridget, Bride, or Bridey, or other variations. She is named as one of the Tua de Danann, the mythical tribe of gods who are said to be the first settlers of Ireland. In this tradition and mythology, Bridget is personified as the embodiment of the dawn, coming with the light of each new morning. Though the earliest people of Ireland did not write, we know from the many places which share her name that the goddess Brigid was very important to the Irish for a very, very long time. Cormac McClellan, writing in the early 10th century, explained the importance of Brigid to early Irish spirituality. This Brigid is a poetess, or a woman of poetry, 
a goddess whom poets worshipped, for very great and very noble was her superintendence, whose sisters were Bridget, woman of healing, and Bridget, woman of smithwork, goddesses from whose names, with all Irishmen, Bridget was called a goddess. Cormac describes Bridget both as three women and as one goddess, pointing to the Irish tradition of gods and goddesses who would express themselves in multiple different yet harmonious ways. Poetry, medicine, and metalwork seem quite different at first glance, but their link becomes apparent when one looks at Bridget overall as a goddess of the renewing flame of dawn. In that sense, the creative spark of poetry, the healing warmth of medicine, and the fire of the blacksmith's forge are all attributed to her. As dawn marks the birth of a new day out of the night, the creative and healing crafts show the Irish reverence for Bridget as a devotion to the symbolic flame which makes things new. The poet who brings form to words, the healer who restores life to those in need, and the smith who refines metal into something greater, all encounter the renewing aspect of this symbolic flame. It comes as no surprise, then, that Bridget is associated with rebirth and optimism. These traits are foundational to the Festival of Imbolc, traditionally held in Ireland on the 1st of February. Many traditions are associated with Imbolc, including lighting and dancing with flames, and celebration of fertility and the birth of new life, from which Imbolc, literally meaning in the belly, gets its name, from the sheep and other animals which would be pregnant at this time. While Imbolc is to many a celebration of the coming of spring, its themes of fruitfulness, new beginnings, and rebirth each also match the spiritual themes associated with Bridget. Today, however, another feast is celebrated on February 1st, the feast of a Christian saint by the same name, Bridget of Kildare. Today, one can still travel to Kildare, the Irish village associated with Bridget for well over a thousand years. There, one will find an eternal flame protected now by Christian nuns in devotion to a woman known as Saint Bridget. The sisters' devotion to this Bridget bears a striking resemblance to the past worship of the goddess that is her namesake. Roadside shrines, which were common long before the arrival of Christianity, are present throughout the countryside. At the main site in Kildare, the women tend to an eternal flame, which carries many of the same spiritual connotations as Bridget's flame on Imbolc, and the flame of each day's dawn. As to the life of this woman named Bridget, stories tell of her birth in Falgart, mentioned earlier as an important site of prayer in pre-Christian Ireland. She's born in the year 451, either to a pair of noble Christian parents who are converted by St. Patrick, or to a pagan chieftain and his Christian slave, depending on who tells the story. In either telling, it is as a young girl that Bridget dedicates herself to a life of religious devotion through service to Ireland's poor. Medieval Irish monks, the first to put her stories on paper, attribute many miracles to her, almost all of which deal with nature and peasant life, 
the monk Kajitosis writes of how, through meditation and prayer, the young woman is able to tame nature, calming a wild boar, training wolves to act as shepherds, even commanding a river to change course in order to protect a group of enslaved peasants. The monk writes how, when asked to explain the source of her power, she praised highly the creator of all things to whom all life is subject, and for whose service, as has been said, all life is given. These and the many other miracles attested to by Cogitosis paint an incredibly reverent picture of the young woman Bridget, who would go on to found a monastery at Kildare that is still active today. Indeed, she's perhaps second only to St. Patrick in terms of importance to the community of Irish Christians. However, to the Irish masses, Bridget's form of spirituality was even more appealing than that held by Patrick. Where St. Patrick's most remembered tales are of his debates with Druids and his use of the shamrock to explain the Trinity and his conversion of many through the steadfastness of his faith. Bridget's miracles operate in a realm far more accessible to the peasantry. As opposed to Patrick's traditionally masculine, ordered, theological method of conversion, Bridget operates in the traditionally feminine, mystical, natural realm. With her miracles taking place in nature, through intense meditation and prayer, St. Bridget shares this natural mysticism with the goddess, who is her namesake. One story tells of Bridget sleeping through one of Patrick's sermons. When she's awoken, it's revealed that she was not sleeping at all, but rather deep in prayer, experiencing a personal connection with God. Emphasizing this type of mystical connection as native to Irish spirituality, even before the coming of Christianity, the contemporary historian of medieval history, Lisa Bittell, writes that when Bridget slept through Patrick's sermon, she showed that she got her preaching directly from God, not through his official priests and formal rituals on earth. She performed her wonders not through virtue of education or office, which were limited to men, but by her sanctity. Patrick and Bridget, as counterpart saints in the conversion of Ireland, can be seen then to represent the high, academic view of religion and the low, service-oriented view of religion, respectively. As Patrick won converts among the island's authorities through reasoned debate, Bridget did the same among Ireland's lower classes through applying a Christian context to the type of religion that was already familiar to them. The ever-persistent renewing flame of the goddess Bridget became the eternal flame of the saint, which burns in Kildare, showing the eternal light of faith. As the goddess Bridget was known to inspire poets, the writers of beautiful illuminated manuscripts credited St. Bridget's intercession for providing their inspiration. Though mainstream worship of the goddess did not continue, her symbols carried into Ireland's blossoming Christianity through the stories of the saint. 
While many argue that St. Brigid is only a Christian version of the ancient goddess, while others point to her biographies and the existence of the monastery in Kildare as proof of her historical existence, what is unquestionable is that the Irish people's reverence for St. Brigid allowed the ancient traditions associated with the goddess Brigid to carry on and operate within Ireland's new Christian context. What is crucial to understand is that, no matter how the symbols and traditions of the goddess Brigid made their way into Christian belief, neither the writers of her legends, nor the believers throughout Ireland, nor even the sisters tending her eternal flame, were acting in worship of the ancient goddess. Instead, Ireland's Christians used the pre-existing symbolism of the goddess, combined with the story of a devout Christian woman. These were used to explain the aspects of the newly arrived faith that were not fully met by the theological approach of St. Patrick. The value of these traditions have proven itself in the time since, with St. Brigid still widely revered in Ireland, and her church in Kildare being a major pilgrimage site today. Surprisingly, however, Ireland's devout Christians are not the only ones who make the journey to Kildare. As the ancient traditions of Brigid carried through the modern day through Christian authors, today the Christian monastery at Kildare serves as a center for those of many faiths which value those traditions. A yearly pilgrimage is made from Falgart, the ancient holy site for the goddess Brigid and the birthplace of the saint. The route, named Brigid's Way, follows the path made by the Northern Cross in the year 432, across the hills of Slane and Tara, ending in Kildare. While it may seem strange for Christians and neo-pagans to make this journey side by side, a close look at the history of these traditions provides an explanation. The ancient, pre-Christian Irish did not have a form of writing for their stories. Writing was brought to the island by Christian missionaries, and Christian monks were virtually the only literate people in Ireland for centuries. Because of this, those who today seek to either study or to worship the traditions of pre-Christian Ireland have the writings of Christian scholars as the only ancient foundations for their practice that they can read. And just as medieval Irish Christians needed the symbolism of the goddess Brigid to explain elements of their faith, modern neo-pagans look to the symbols and stories of St. Brigid to rediscover clues of their ancient past. In this walk side by side, it is crucial to understand that while each tradition is foundational for the other to understand itself, Neither tradition bows to the other. Through the practices and symbols that they do share, even those with the clashing beliefs and troubled history of Christians and pagans end up supporting each other, as the writings on St. Brigid already show that they have. What is key in this, however, is that one does not betray one's own core beliefs. Respecting a tradition and even learning from it does not require 
let one follow it. Writings like the Christian stories of Bridget demonstrate this exactly, that their authors, though using traditions from Ireland's pagan past, centered their writing and their reverence for St. Bridget on their belief in Christ. It is likewise crucial to remember that what enabled the earliest Irish Christians to understand the mystical, personal side of their faith was in fact the earlier pagan tradition. One can then see that equally as crucial as holding firm in one's own belief is the ability to see the value in the beliefs of others in order to expand one's own mind. Then, in the pluralistic world we live in today, with information more easily accessible than ever, one has no need to be threatened by others. Instead of seeing other beliefs as a threat, with true confidence in one's own foundation, there are only benefits to be had from earnest discussion, study, and walking side by side. Thank you for joining in this study. If it's your first time here, I'd like to welcome you. And if you've been here before, I'd like to welcome you back. This has been a very challenging topic to research, balancing the two traditions, even when one has had more of the longer history with Bridget, and yet the other has had all of the written sources. I hope that I've done a good job. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please feel free, leave a comment here. And I think we're building a really nice community that will be able to help each other. Wishing you all the best, and we'll see you next time. Bye.